Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Sheehan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Sheehan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kuden. This is uh, what episode 56, and uh, we've had actually uh, a week or two here where we've had some scheduling conflicts kind of uh, play with our, our regularly scheduled time for this. But, uh, you know, you have another 55 or so episodes to try to binge on while we're uh, getting caught up in life. That's right. So That's right. there's plenty to dive into. But uh, welcome back, everyone, and thanks, everybody, who's uh, here is with us today live on the program, then you'll get a chance to jump in with questions later on or uh, post those up through the the web platform where you can type those into us. So uh, thanks, everybody, Tim, Tom, and others who have signed on to uh, the webcast side. Great to have you all with us. So, sir, uh, great to have you here as well. How are you? I'm good. I'm busy. I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the, the new website yet. Um, I'm updating a bunch of things, messages and all that, Um the big thing I've, that's been tying me up for the past two weeks is uh, I uh, made some major changes to my consulting firm, and um, that means I also had needed to scrap certain websites and rebuild or build others and things like that. So uh, thank God for website builders because <laughs> I'm not a coder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's good. Life is good. Life is busy. Um, I know we're getting close to spring camp, so that's got to be uh, we are. That's ramping next up week. here. Yeah, that's next wow. weekend. Absolutely. Yep, you bet. So cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm toying with the expense of, of getting things wired up here so that uh, we can do, like, live streaming for seminars so that people can sit on their big old derrieres uh, staring at a computer screen instead of uh, making the – the journey into uh, actually do the training live. But, uh, you know, it's just the world we live in. I used to joke that if I could put a drive-up window in my dojo, I'd have more students. Um, <laughs> I guess we bypassed the drive-up window and we're heading toward, uh, you know, just uh, turn on uh, turn on the right channel here and uh, train that way. So mm. whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. So, some training is better than no training at all, right? Sure. And with, you know, with spring camp uh, just right around the corner, I know uh, you've got a, something to share about uh, invisibility and timing, something you'll be exploring at camp. Yeah, you know, um, the, the theme for this year is, uh, it's actually a kind of a triple theme where they all kind of blend together, power, stealth, and invisibility. Um, mm. You know, things that people think of um, when they think of, the ninja and abilities and, and things like that. But what I want to do is take a look at these things from the perspective and mindset and the way that a ninja thinks about them, right, which is very different um, oftentimes from the way that most people think of them. Not that the ninja doesn't think about them that way, but that's the conventional way to look at it. But then how do we, how do, we do this and how do we apply it, right? Um, what does power look like when – you're the underdog when you're the smaller, weaker, less armed opponent or, uh, you know, combatant. Um, and you're dealing with somebody much, much bigger where they own the conventional power side of things, right? So what does that look like? Um, we're also going to be exploring, you know, some stealth uh, movement, silent movement, all those kind of things. Not just like sneaking around and doing ninja kind of stuff, but um, just – uh, you know, things, ways to become more and more uh, quiet in your life. We're going to be exploring the uh, the traditional Shichi Hode or the seven ways of going, which were the seven uh, classifications for different uh, disguises that the ninja would use back in the day. And then we're going to translate that into a 21st century model. Um, and uh, we're also going to give folks a chance to uh, do a little exercise where they're going to create an alternate persona. Okay, like a James Bond kind of thing, right? So if you had to be somebody else tomorrow, 
right? We're going to look at a couple of different levels or depths, right? From just a very cursory kind of thing all the way to creating a And we're going to block that out because that was ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to look at those as, an, as the obvious side of stealth, uh, but we're also going to be looking at how we can apply, uh, employ the stealth and invisibility uh, principles in our self-defense techniques, okay? So how do you make a strike invisible? How do you make a move? Let's say we're entering to deliver a, or to execute a Ganseki uh, or something like that, right? How do you do that in a way that he never sees it happen, right? Um, so uh, that'll be that'll be cool, some, some cool stuff. But of course, uh, for the folks who can't make it in, uh, I'll be putting up a link here uh, in, a, in the next day or three uh, where people can uh, pre-order the, uh, the camp videos so they don't have to miss out entirely. They're not going to see it live, but at the same time, and we try to get as much on as possible, but we probably end up getting, I don't know, 70 to 90% um, on video just because it's almost impossible to get everything. Um, and then so what we end up doing is just putting a, you know, we put a discount price on it because people are getting uh, some kind of a rough editing to it just to take the edges off and, and you know, uh, get rid of stuff, right, fluff and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, then, uh, you know, they can have they can have most of the lessons. Um, so if anybody wants that uh, before, and you want to let me know before the, the message goes up, either either uh, post something on the fa- on the uh, Kudan Facebook page, or PM me directly, uh, or uh, I don't know, email us or you know, whatever. Right, send smoke signals, whatever. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, but but uh, going along with the invisibility topic, and that's where you were going with things. Um, what I thought I talked about here today briefly is one of the things we're going to look at uh, during camp, which is the uh, the concept of timing, right? And uh, I think that's what you and I discussed, right? Wasn't it timing? Um, mm-hmm. Timing, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we we can look at timing, we can look at angling, we can look at any of these basics and understand. Uh, or take a look at them from a completely different perspective and how they in and of themselves can be applied from a uh, from an invisibility standpoint, okay? Um, so, you know, it's not like the, the ninja movies of the 80s or that, that master ninja TV show that was on, right, where you throw down the, uh, the uh, I don't know, movie prop uh, smoke thing and it explodes and you disappear like that or whatever. It's It's not necessarily that way. Uh, in the scrolls, the, 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 one of the descriptions uh, uh, revolves around being invisible in the eyes of the enemy, right? And that means that you are literally hiding in plain sight, right? They can see you as a person, but they never see an enemy or an opponent. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, it's a strange concept for a lot of people uh, that just flat out want to be powerful martial artists. You know, they want to be the guy or the girl. Uh, very different. So uh, as far as this timing goes, what we're looking at is this last second tricky timing where uh, you're doing it, you're, you're, you're executing your strike or your movement or whatever it is inside of this perceptual gap, right? Uh, we've talked about this, I think, on another show or three where we talked about, um, you know, how fast a, a strike travels and uh, the problem with, uh, you know, standing too close or whatever is that from, you know, it, it takes some time, right? It takes just under a quarter of a second for our brain to identify and even begin to, to respond to something that hits the retina of the eye, right? So uh, the reality is that we all live at least a quarter of a second in the past, Right, and what that means is that whatever we're responding to in the moment, right, that we think that we're responding to in the moment, no matter how fast we think we are, that actual thing occurred just under a quarter of a second before we think it did. Okay, because it takes time to process things. Right, so that's the bad news. Right, uh, but then you can start to to identify things. You can start to play with distance and and things like that, so that. Uh, he has to he, he's going to waste some time to get at you 
um, and that allows you to be more on time when it when it uh, goes with uh, you know handling things. But we can also reverse engineer that and use that perceptual gap in our favor. And what that means is that what we want to do is do things at the last possible second. So by the time he recognizes that something is occurring, he's already off balance. It, the, the technique is already affecting him, and he's behind, right? Um, and we want him to feel behind, right? We don't want him to feel like he's on time and fighting it. He's behind, right? And so um, we're going to be playing around with that um, in our in our self-defense techniques, just like we will be with the angling idea and the, uh, the concept of, uh, uh, as Hudson says, he calls it, attacking the hidden points and, and stuff like that and how we do that based on positioning and angling and, and uh, you know, literally letting this guy's body be in the way between what we're doing and his line of sight and, and different things like that. So uh, but as far as the timing goes, just, you know, uh, folks, they, they they have huge tells. And in some areas, uh, I know when I'm, you know, training in Japan and working with some of my teachers, um, I still have huge tells, right? Which is funny because students say they can't see anything, but that's okay. I'm not, I'm not you know, I, I get feedback from my students, but that's why I still drop a couple of grand um, every year or so to go to Japan so that guys who are much better than me can tell me how they would have kicked my ass if they were on the other side of the fence, right? So that's the important part. So anyway, um, I don't know. Was that helpful at all? Yeah. Any questions? No, it makes me, <laughs> makes me think of a, a, a little fun, fun this kind of funny uh, moment here happened in my office place I don't know, a month or so ago. But just kind of the issue of, um, I don't know, maybe it's not so much timing, but a little bit of, but uh, of being sort of invisible. I had uh, an instance where I was in the middle of working on a, a pretty intense report, and uh, some some people had come here to the office place who were sort of soliciting a, a service. I think they were looking to kind of sign us up for some kind of coffee delivery service. And, um, you know, where my office is positioned, I, I could hear this conversation going on down the hallway with our with our receptionist and you know clearly it was like they were going to head back to my office to try to you know throw their pitch my way and while there's uh you know a number of times where I go you know look I'm I'm working on something just you know leave me be or I can't take calls now uh you know right. I had kind of an open door going on at the time so there really wasn't a moment where I could prepare someone to say you know can't deal with this right now uh <laughs> So the way my office is positioned, just basic kind of, you know, room with a door on, on one side, and that door is almost always opened where if you walk down the hallway, you can see me sitting here at my desk. But um, on across from my desk is another kind of shelf where I have a few files and things. And so simple simple bit of timing, I guess, when footsteps coming down the hall, I simply got up from my desk and walked to the other side of my office to grab a few papers, and there, the the the... the the way it went down was, oh, uh, I guess Eric's not here right now, but I can take you over uh, here to the other side and show you this uh, other building we have. And so they wandered on their way. So with, within about 20 seconds of time, I could sit back down and keep working on my work, and they went about their business. But Yeah, uh, no, that's, that's a perfect idea. I found idea. that to be amusing, but just one of those things where, you know, a simple bit of not being where people expect you to be, uh, you know, had they right. had they decided to, you know, be more intrusive and poke their head further in my office, uh, you know, they would have seen me looking at some of my paperwork, but um, most people don't do that, and they just go, okay, they're not where they usually are, they're not here, and they right. wander off. Yeah, on. and that's, that's a good example of both the conventional and the kind of the hidden side of training, because, again, people try to train from a bipolar you know, it's either this or that kind of thing, right? So for a lot of people, the invisibility is, I just block his eyesight, right? It's the Mitsubishi idea, right? But um, in your case here, not only did you remove yourself from a direct line of sight, but you also, you know, you, you, it, it, it worked on them, right? That their perception of reality, right, since you weren't where they assumed you would be, and therefore, if you weren't there, you weren't in your office, mm -hmm. right? So they created this reality that literally made you invisible to them. And when we yeah. talk about perception being reality, right, um, you know, we can talk uh, in Mikio terms about uh, 
ultimate reality, conventional reality. We've got these two mandala, right, that depict these things. But the reality is that when these two mandala go together back to back, that hairline gap between the, you know, the, the, the paintings, right, as they come together, right, that's this third reality, right? So we've ultimate, we have conventional, like the two sides of a coin, but we can't forget that we can turn that coin on its side and look at all the material that's between the head side and the tail side, right? And that gap is personal reality, right? So we can conceptualize and talk about conventional reality, and we can conceptualize and well, hint at <laughs> ultimate reality, right? But what guides our decisions and our processes and, and what we do, our actions and everything, every day is our personal reality, right? So on a very base level, it's because I deal with a lot of people that, that operate this way uh, that, that just sticks out that, you know, if you believe that life sucks, life is hard, right, and that you're just stuck in a place where, that you'll never get out of because, I don't know, who knows, the man's holding you down or, you know, the rich are out to get the poor, whatever your perceptions are, right, um, and this this is a lesson that they teach us on a regular basis too, uh, that if that's your perception of reality, then you're right. Because you are tuned to only seeing those things, no matter how many examples there are around you that, that you know, make that, that uh, belief system crumble or that show the opposite side. Either you're not going to see it or you're going to frame that in, uh, in a way. Ego is going to frame that in a way to make your perception of reality correct. All right. But the same is true on the other side, right? If you are, you know, if you believe that life is wonderful and, and everything happens for a reason and all that kind of stuff, right? That's primarily what you're going to see. And if negative things come along, you're going to frame that in a way where it gets turned into a lesson or whatever, right? Now, can both of these bubbles be popped? Yes, of course, right? But the reality is that there's something, it's not that something isn't going on. There is really something going on, but we've tuned ourselves to see one thing or the other. And we have to really be careful with what we believe our perceptions of things to be. Um, we really have to be careful with that because uh, opportunities become invisible, right? Um, or we get so tunnel visioned on an opportunity because of our belief system that we don't see problems or challenges coming our way, right? So that's part of the training. Part of the training is um, I don't see those things around me, but I know they exist in the world, and therefore I should be prepared for them, right? Uh, otherwise, we get caught with our, you know, pants down around our waist. So with those two perceptions I was talking about, in one case, all of the opportunities that somebody has available to them are invisible to them because they choose uh, consciously, unconsciously, or subconsciously to not see them. And therefore, they end up being an accomplice to their own ass-kicking, to their own conditions in the world. Does hmm. that mean that these other things don't exist? No, they exist, right? I'm not saying that, that you know, well, we'll, learn, we'll use, you know, popular vocabulary these days, right? That doesn't mean that there aren't racists out there. That doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, xenophobes and homophobes. That doesn't mean that these people aren't there. That doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, uh, rich or wealthy or overly controlling people who aren't uh, assholes, right? I mean, the landlord that I have for my dojo here, right? He is the epitome of a used car salesman. Mm. Right? And he operates in his entire life, even around family, that way. Right? It's all about what he can get, even if he has to pull the wool over other people's eyes. So do those people exist? Absolutely. However, I don't operate as though those people control my life. Okay? Because even if they do, by, can, by operating in a way where that doesn't stop me from trying, it doesn't stop me from looking for alternate methods and all that, right? I don't just bow. To, to that thing. And I, I'm certainly not setting up my belief system to just shoot myself in the foot before I even get started because, you know, I'll never get anywhere anyway, right? If, if people don't, and here's the thing, right? If, the, if we can't force these people to give away their stuff so that I can have it with no work on my part, 
I'll never get anywhere. Well, how do you think you're going to get anywhere anyway? Even if, I mean, the more people, the more things people give you for free, the more you're going to sit on your fat ass and do nothing. Oh, sorry, there's my fudo and testosterone. <laughs> um, but that's just, it's human nature, right? It's just the way it is. The more you're provided for, the less you actually do for yourself, right? Why, you, there's no point, right? You, all you have to do is wait for it to show up, right? Your dog yeah. doesn't go hunting, right? If you have a dog, when you let it out to run or whatever, it doesn't go hunting. Well, it'll chase a rabbit or whatever, and it may bring something back, but it's not going hunting to eat, right? It may bring it back or whatever because, hey, look what I brought for you, Dad, right? But it's not going hunting. Why is that? Because several times a day, it knows exactly where its food is going to be because it's just going to show up, right? It has no need to hunt, okay? So just like cats, um, I have several cats in my house, right? I don't know if anybody else has cats, but domestic cats have little to no, none of the qualities that a feral cat has, one of mm. which is stealth. Not a stealthy bone in their freaking body. Can't <laughs> land softly when they come off of a low item or a low ledge onto the floor, right? Uh, because they don't have to. They don't need to sneak up on anything to get their food, right, or to protect themselves. So <laughs> what's the point, right? So we have to be careful when we look at these things um, and, and, and be careful how we're doing it. But either way, what we want to look at is this, is this uh, personal reality kind of thing. So both of those things were working in your favor, and so – you know, but and whether you did it on purpose or you didn't, right? By repositioning yourself off of a sight line, you became obviously invisible or less visible. What really what you did was you made it you made it where somebody was going to have to exert more effort and energy to see if you were in the room, right? But the other thing that was going on was we know that only one in three hundred. Okay, one in 300 will actually look into something and not just rely on, on uh, surface-level perception. Hmm. Did you know that? Whether somebody's yeah. shopping around, uh, I, I learned that a long time ago. Somebody's shopping around for martial arts, okay? Mm -hmm. um, they will take easy over fulfilling all of their needs and, and whatever, okay? So only one in 300, right, when people go shopping for a car, only one in 300 will shop around. They say that they're doing it, and the Internet makes it easier, but most of those people who are shopping around, okay, they don't go to more than one or two places, and the Internet makes it easier, but, uh, you know, they're just – and if they are shopping around, they've, they've determined a, a specific criteria. As long as this thing is the cheapest I can find, or when – the criteria for cheapest falls below the need for me to not spend so much time looking for the thing I'm looking for. Okay. Lazy always trumps cheap for most people. Okay. So, um, you know, you got all these things working for you, but really to make need to make uh, stealth and to make invisibility work. Part of it is understanding how, what you do creates an impression that is picked up by the other person. And part of it is an understanding how most people process their world and then slipping into the gaps or using that in your favor. Hmm. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so yeah, we're going to be playing around with the whole timing thing and distance and angling and uh, all kinds of things. So uh, we're going to be looking at alternate uh, uh, perceptions or not opposite perception, but ultimate uh, or alternate uh, views on what what really constitutes power hmm. and uh, the different um, the different uh, uh, places in your life that power shows up and how each of those things look different. Okay, so. Uh, and as an example, um, uh, having, a, having a lot of knowledge about things, right, or a broad uh, knowledge base, 
or having a high intellect where you can you're a puzzle solver. Okay, that's power. Okay, in given conditions where that's necessary, that's power. Okay, if you're being mauled by a bear, maybe a little bit, but not as much, mm. right? Um, agility and flexibility, right? That's a type of power, right? So you can look at these different things, right? Uh, financial uh, flexibility, you know, having additional uh, uh, liquid assets or, or money available to you or whatever. Um, that's power in given conditions, right? So, uh, you know, it, when you understand these things and you understand how, uh, how we – uh, have different facets to ourselves, just like a gem, right? Um, you don't fall for a lot of these um, these social issues that are flying around that are really designed to polarize people rather than um, cause people to stand up and be uh, autonomous and, and powerful individuals in their own right, right? Um, a lot of these uh, things that are going on are really designed to beat down the people that that the that the victim perceives to be beating them, so we're going to beat them down and put mm. things in place so that that person can't get at me. Instead of becoming a powerful person or somebody who just isn't bothered by those other people's you know activities, um, you know, uh, or or that you're you know strong enough that no matter what they try to do to you, they're not going to break you kind of thing. Um, it's just easier to you know. So what 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 what, what a lot of these uh, causes are are revolved around is the same thing on the kid level in school where people want rules put in place so that we can bully the bullies to stop bullying, which only perpetuates the problem, right? I mean, it's just, it's, you're, you're throwing the same kind of karmic action at a problem that, that, you know, is, is going on with that. So instead of removing fuel from a fire, uh, what you're doing is throwing gasoline or more logs on it and it have to smother it but all you're doing is feeding mm. it. So, anyway, I know that kind of got away from things, but uh, this is the, this camp is going to be uh, probably half physical and half cerebral because I want people to really understand uh, that there's more, not just to stealth and invisibility and power than meets the eye, but there's more to them as an individual um, and a modern-day warrior than they thought, uh, than they ever thought possible. How about that? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Got to be careful opening up a can of worms around me. <laughs> well, and, and with that said, I'm about to open up another one. Uh, oh, shit. Because <laughs> I, had, I had come across this, and I had intended for us to talk about this last week, and then, of course, some things kind of happened uh, that I had to take care of and threw my schedule off a bit. But um, I had seen a post uh, from the Dalai Lama and this popped up right. on my Facebook page and I thought I, I wanted to share this on our Kuden page because I wanted to, oh. to to kind of get your thoughts and hear, hear a bit of a discussion from you about this. Um, but his post was, when we talk about compassion, it has to include having compassion for yourself. It's not just a matter of self-sacrifice. Uh, he says, I have observed a foolish sense of selfishness and a wise sense of selfishness. Since we are hmm. social animals who depend on one another to show love and compassion to others is wise. And the, the kind of middle of that really jumped out at me, this line about foolish sense of selfishness as well as a wise sense of selfishness. So there being hmm. two different sides, most all, almost all the time, people equate selfishness as this negative connotation that, you know, you're being all about yourself. Well, sure. and Right. So we were taught as children, right? Right, right. It, but, it, was, it was it was the companion lesson to sharing, right? If you don't share, then you're selfish and mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? So, yeah, of course. And we see this. I know we've talked about this before. You see this so often, and, and you know, I've experienced it in my personal life, too, where you know, training at times and what you carve out for that, you know, gets looked at as, like, selfish. You're taking time to do this or you're spending money on this. And, it, you know, there's all mm-hmm. these things that kind of come with, you know, choosing this lifestyle uh, as opposed to perhaps just a hobby for others, but choosing this as a lifestyle and what that entails and how from the outside uh, to many you can certainly look like, well, yeah, you're, it's, it's selfish. You're taking so much time and money and all of these things. But, you know, at the end, uh, while it, it's, you know, beneficial to, to ourselves, it, it, it further extends beyond that. So, 
um, you know, that I guess that kind of really hit me that, yeah, there's there's more than just this one side of selfishness. Hmm. Okay. Well, you started opening that. Um, so before I talk about it, why don't you, you're a teacher, what, how, what do you take from it? Well, I take from it uh, that, you know, this this kind of points back, I think, to a sense of, you know, of balance that, um, you know, while, while we can certainly be uh, too much about ourselves and, and not enough about others, that, you know, there's there's got to be balance and time for yourself and to improve yourself and make yourself a, a, a better person benefits everyone else in your life because those are people you're helping and touching every day. So... Um, while it, it may seem selfish and you may have to put up with kind of the slings and arrows that may be tossed at you while, while going Especially through from your the loved process. Ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and from, from the, yeah, and those are the people, you know, where, uh, in traditional armor that we all kind of wear in a sense, they, that doesn't apply to them, you know, <laughs> right? Cause these are the, these are the people you love and care about or are closest to you. So, so they've kind of got an inside uh, angle on you in which which you know those kinds of slings and arrows can can feel a bit more painful uh mm. but that mm-hmm. that you know really at the at the uh heart of it though is that you know when when you know what you're doing benefits those around you and by what you're doing making makes you kind of a better person so it's going to make you a better person in your relationships with them that you know really isn't it isn't a a solely individual self-centered thing that you're doing um you know hmm. if there's a benefit that extends beyond just you then then i think that's important to you know keep keep cracking away at it yeah and that's the multi lesson that i think we've covered um, at least once or twice in the past where we talk about this need to be selfish um and it's, it's a very overt lesson uh and it's one that i got way back when i was a white belt from uh shoshi malmstrom i think um and it was about being selfish because um you know by, by taking the time and working on yourself and making yourself a better person, you by default become a better uh, husband, wife, significant other, I don't know who's on, I mean, typically we have mostly guys, but, um, you know, you become a better, all the way around, you become a better father, you become a better son, daughter, friend, business associate, you know, employee, employer, or whatever. You, be, just be, you become better all the way around in different areas, right, because you've worked on yourself. So you have to be selfish in the context of taking care of that, right? Um, but I want to hone in on the words uh, silly and what was the other, what was the positive word? Uh, silly sense of selfishness and what? Oh, um, a wise, it was foolish sense wise. of okay. selfishness and wise, yeah. Okay, sure. Okay, so we have this and we get this, right? Um, and that's fine. Uh, and you were talking about balance, and, and, and that's that's fine as well. Okay, But I've had some people not like me so much because they've contacted me, and they get this side of selfishness that we're talking about, right, and how it's going to make them a better person and able to protect their family and all that kind of stuff. But, right, and then they lead into how they are they are more poor than dirt poor, right? Hmm. Um, they They, you know, can't take care of the family, blah, 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 right? So I start asking questions, right? How will learning this stuff make your family better off? Well, you know, I'll protect them from people who are trying to attack them and everything. And and so (laughs) my follow-up question is, yeah, but the threat to them right now is homelessness and starvation. Right. Right? So this is where wisdom comes in. And by making the wrong choice, see, we, we can choose something that feels like we're moving away from the goal because it doesn't match our image of what should be going on. But we can't forget that the thing that a lot of people take for granted because, you know, they're gainfully employed or, you know, they are whatever, right? They, they have the means Right, so they don't have to think about whether the mortgage or the rent's being paid or there's food on the table or whatever, right? They have to worry about their wife throwing guilt statements and stuff like that at them or whatever, right? So, um, or the lessons they learned as a child about selfishness and everything, right? So they're combating these things to get training and taking time for themselves. Um, they, they don't give any thought to the other thing, 
But those other things that go unthought of have already been taken care of, right? On the, uh, what's that called? The, um, uh, there's a scale, right, for mm. uh, personal development. Um, the, the very base level is survival, right? And then right. above that is uh, knowledge and you know, whatever, right? Um, so they've already got that handled. It's just, it's a foregone conclusion, right, that I don't have to worry about starvation and homelessness. Right? They've got other problems to worry about, right? Meanwhile, other people are like, man, you're lucky, you know. So um, wisdom is operating and making decisions around this idea, right? Nietzsche is all about survival, right? So it's, about, it's making decisions around handling um, the, the current challenge to the best of your ability because other things fall by the wayside. Or they don't fall by the wayside, but they go from being probable challenges and attacks and threats to possible challenges, threats, and attacks. Okay? So if starvation and homelessness is the primary threat, then the ninja's wise action, right, needs to be selflessness and doing whatever is necessary to take care of myself and my family so we don't die, okay? No matter how much training you're doing or how much information and knowledge you're gaining, if you die in the process or are burying your family in the process and the stuff that you're learning right now does not solve the problems that you were encountering right now, that's stupid. That's silly or foolish selfishness, right? That's, all, that's self-centeredness. I'm getting what I want. But these other people that I'm responsible for or this other part of my life that keeps me alive or keeps me at this certain level, right, and where I don't backslide or whatever, is just falling apart, that's misdirected desire. In Mikyo, we call that what? Trishna, right, the cause of hmm. all suffering, okay? So, yes, we want this thing, but we have to remember that everything has a to side to it. So you know, how do I apply knowledge and these principles and concepts or whatever to get uh, a job that pays me the kind of money I, I need or want? Or how do I balance my life for the moment, which means I may need to spend a little bit less time with my kids and my wife because I need to take on a second job so we can handle these things. But in the process, I'm going to be learning uh, new things or new skills or whatever that will allow me to get one single better job, right, and then restore that balance in the other direction, right? Much like when um, doctors who are, they're, they're going to be future doctors, right? They're in medical school or they're residents or whatever, right? They get married and their spouses often work really, really hard at jobs, right? To pay the rent or the mortgage or, you know, for the food and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, because there's no income coming in from this future doctor. But the whole idea is that you know, once they get their medical practice or medical license and they're working for a hospital or on their own or whatever, right, the balance is going to shift, right? And, and all that will have been worth it because now it'll be, it'll be balanced out, right? Mm -hmm. um, so these are things that people need to really consider. So the Dalai Lama is talking about silly uh, selfishness and, and uh, why selfishness. What we're talking about is the base uh, or the intention behind the decision. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we need to take care of ourselves, but uh, we, we need to have a better understanding of ourselves. Okay? Uh, this is all part of the, the first level of training or the first skill set in the 18 um, skills of the ninja in the Togakure school. That's Seishin Teki Kyoyo, right? um, spiritual clarity, uh, spiritual refinement, personal clarity, those kind of things, right? Um, if this is really about overcoming danger, and I'm not being attacked by people with guns and knives or swords or whatever on an everyday basis, but I am being attacked by my own stupid decision-making um, or, you know, I've, I've set my family up in a, in a bad neighborhood or whatever, then that is the primary threat. That's the thing that's going to kill me or mm -hmm. cripple me or leave me in squalor on a regular basis, right? Sometimes that silly selfishness shows up as uh, as stupid pride, right? 
I believe that I know what's going on in the world, and if I could just get the world to change and, and do it my way, I'd be fine. Except that that's a hellacious task, right? In the meantime, you're dying or you're starving or you're making barely minimum wage or whatever. So what people are doing now is they're trying to get the government to change everything so they can continue working at a job that they hate, but they'll get twice as much money for it. But they're missing the knowledge base about economics that says that when I get twice the pay for this job, the employer now has to raise the prices of what they're selling, and we run the risk of people going, I'm not paying a third or twice as much for a Big Mac as I did last week. That's ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not going to do it, right? So you run the risk of just shutting the whole system down, as is being seen in Washington State and some of the other places where they did uh, elevate the, the uh, minimum wage. Yeah. So instead of getting more knowledge, right, spending extra time, yes, okay, I'm working, man, I'm already working six to ten or whatever hours a day, I have freaking time to go to, like, on, online schooling or go to these uh, certification classes to learn skills, you know, they should just change the freaking world so I don't have to do that. Well, you know what? Touch it. People make the money that they make because the world as a collective has decided that certain jobs are worth a certain amount of money per mm -hmm. hour to people, right? It's not, it's not some people trying to screw you over and others not. The world has collectively decided that somebody who is pushing buttons on a cashier machine, right, on a register, is worth a certain amount of money as opposed to somebody who's building a highway or a skyscraper or is keeping you out of jail, or is putting your heart back in place so you don't die today, or whatever, right? There's a certain value to that, right? Um, what, we, what, people would, what some people would like to do is even the playing field, right? And that's, see, that's silly selfishness, because they're not really thinking about the big picture. They're only thinking about what will fix their condition. And it's the same thing when people are looking to get their training, right? All that matters to some folks is that they get this training, right? But what are you going to be able to do with it? And I make this reference, I make this crossover reference, you know, because with my consulting firm, I, I help companies with the whole workplace violence problem, okay? And there's lots of little things that has to happen and all that stuff, right? But one of the quick fixes that they tend to throw at their employees, and you may have already done one of these things or you may have it. Uh, in your office and stuff, is that they either send them to or they provide online training for workplace violence awareness and prevention. Usually it's like a 20-minute video, right? It's a quick, cheap, and easy, uh, quote-unquote, solution to a problem, but it's stupid because that thing doesn't do anything to make your workplace safer tomorrow. It doesn't. It's, you know, it, it was... It, it was just a quick fix, right? So it's the same thing. People are running around and they're doing training they're, and they're practicing certain skills and all that, but they're focusing on things that might happen or will never happen because nobody attacks that way or whatever, right? They're not focusing on solving the problems that they have now. So uh, wise selfishness also includes, right, um, and see, it doesn't feel like selfishness because, God, I'm already tired, and now I'm going to school, and, you know, I've got no time in my life to do anything for me. Um, would you like to have some? Yeah, then great. Then get a freaking job or get some skills that people are going to pay you more for so you don't have to work as hard for every dime you make, and they'll give you more of those dimes and pennies every hour so that you can take more time off, right? Um, so, uh, you know, why selfishness would be saying, hey, honey, kids, um, I've got to do this thing because I don't like where we are. You don't like where we are. We need to make things better. And so knowledge or this skill set is going to be the weapon in my ninja arsenal that will get me a better job or get us into a better neighborhood or, you know, whatever, right? So silly and wise is not always – it's not always nice and it's not always easy, okay? You know, there's a statement in the Bible or there's something like that that, that roughly says, uh, know the truth and it shall set you free. Okay? That tends to be a universal in most religions and most philosophical kind of things, right? If I know mm -hmm. the truth 
um, it will set me free. Yes, it sets you free from making dumbass guesses and and um, uh, plans to produce results when what you're doing won't naturally produce those results, right? So, yes, knowing the truth will set you free so that you can make better decisions. But there's nothing in any of those teachings anywhere that says that knowing the truth will make you happy. None hmm. of them. It doesn't, none right. of them even imply that, you know, uh, that pain and suffering and loss and, and challenges and things like that will go away. It doesn't. Right? Um, as a matter of fact, in, in our Mikyo levels of progression, the closer you get to that level of Anatara Sanyak Sambodhi, which is perfect and complete enlightenment, the more stress and aggravation and anger you feel because you keep running into the ignorance of the world. Right? But you need to get past that because you need to understand that everybody's at their own level of development. And you know, the aggravation is coming from your own need for people to do things the way you want and not the way they do things. Because everyone, even the thief, even the murderer, even the moron, has something to teach you. And the fact that we think that we're smarter than them is what gets us in trouble. Because we're mm. not paying attention. Okay? So, anyway, um, I don't know, I just ran around that like a nutball with a bomb on a football field or something but <laughs> anyway <was that? laughs> no, so great. yeah so it's silly silly selfishness is when you're being selfish for self-serving reasons and what it is that you're doing doesn't produce any results to make your condition better why selfishness is knowing when you need to take time for you and what you're doing will improve your condition not way out in the future, right? If you have pressing problems now, right? If the pro if, if the problems are future based, then okay, focus on that. But if mm -hmm. you've got survival based things, you know, homelessness and crap like that, that's that's impending. That and you're focusing on um, how to avoid a sword or throw a ninja star, then you're a freaking idiot and you're working on the wrong skill sets. Hmm. Not you. I would never call you an idiot. <laughs> okay. No, there's better better words to throw at me than that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's funny. So, <laughs> you mentioned sword. That's a good uh, segue. I'll, I'll use that. Segue. <laughs> I'll use that as a segue. What's a segue? Said, it's one of those uh, two-wheel balance things that if you ride it wrong, <laughs> you run into buildings or fall off on a highway and get run over by a bus, and, you know. Segway. What the hell? Who came up? With, never mind. It doesn't matter. I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around why they would call that thing a Segway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. So, uh, sword segues me into Josh's question because he asks a question here about a sword. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving moving on to that, uh, he asked uh, recently, and this was a little bit back, but we're now just getting a chance to get to this. So, thank you, Josh. Uh, he asked about. He asked that you know he sees in many popular depictions of ninja. I'm sure he's referencing movies and books and comics and everywhere else we see ninja pop up. Um, that the often and and this is even like in the little logo we've used for Kuden, you see the sword yeah, strapped across the back. And he says, you know, yeah. is there any basis in fact for this? this is a real thing? You know, uh, he says it seems like a good idea for climbing, but you know quite impractical otherwise so and even points right. out that he would think that you know trying to put the blade back in that position makes a good way to like you know kill yourself <laughs> stab yourself in the back trying to put it back in there so uh which is uh you know quite right so uh he's yeah. looking for a little more clarity on that and um certainly well I'll touch it he's not getting it from me no i anyway I, sure why not i'll answer the question um so the question is, did they do it, and what, is that authentic or whatever, right? So um, the answer is yes and no. And the, these are the answers that really piss people off because people want a definitive answer. Not Josh, because um, Josh is like a psycho guy or a psych guy, not a psycho guy. I guess there's a, there's a fine, fine difference there. Anyway, um, so uh, did they strap them across their back? Yes, for long-distance travel, right? Because if you've ever tried to run, 
for even a short distance with a sword in your belt, right? Mm. Um, it doesn't work so well. Okay, bounces around, it just gets in your way, right? It becomes a problem. So for that, for climbing, of course, all those things, right? But um, all we have to understand is even a little bit about uh, Iajitu or uh, what the term was long before it became Iajitu uh, and the term that we use, which is Batojitu, which is drawing and cutting at the same time, right? Being able to get the, the blade out of the scabbard as quickly as possible, um, then we would understand that this is just stupid, right? So we're, we're looking at a, what, a 30 to 36 inch razor blade, right? Just as the same size scabbard and all that. And a lot of people, your height, have a heck of a time mm. pulling that sword out because mm -hmm. the blade's longer than your arm, right? The sword's longer than your arm, right? So it, it's problematic. And even if you can draw it out, your arm is at full extension and you have nothing left for cutting power as the blade, as the, as the boshi is clearing the opening of the scabbard, right? So you've got nothing left, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be able to get that blade out so that the arm still has flexion and, and the joints still have movement and all that kind of stuff so that we can generate cutting power from the moment that the boshi clears the opening of the scabbard, okay? So this, nothing changes when it's strapped across our back. And anybody that, that has seen this in movies, if you pay attention to what's going on, um, you never really see them pull the blade out completely in one movement or put it away completely in one movement without uh, – you're not really seeing that. What's, what you're seeing is an implication of it that leads you to believe it to be so. But if you watch what's happening, they do uh, these little cuts, right, camera angle shifts and cuts and all that in, in mid-progress, in mid-process, right? So you may see the tip going into the mouth of the, of the scabbard, maybe, or heading in that direction, and then there's a scene shift, right, not a scene shift, but a, an angle shift, right, and, you know, the, the sword's going back in, and he's got his hand on it, or he may grab it or whatever, and then there's a scene shift, and the blade's coming out and all that, uh, but it just doesn't work that way. As you watch some of the, some of the movies, uh, the ninja movies, whether the Shokasugi movies back in the day or whatever, right, um, if they do show a full-on kind of thing, you will see the sword break from the angle. You'll see the blade mm -hmm. break from the angle of the scabbard, that there's no way that that happened without cutting through and, and breaking the scabbard, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there, the, when, when you're watching these things, you have to suspend disbelief to go along with it. And unfortunately, some people want these things to be true so much that they suspend way more than just a little bit of disbelief, okay? So the, the problem is that when it's strapped across your back, it's, it's ten times harder to pull that sword out of the scabbard than it is when the sword's on your belt, right? Your, your joints are operating in a, play, in a way that they don't, right? You have way less extension. Uh, it's just it's, it's, it's impossible, right? So the sword was strapped to the back, with the, the sagio, right, it was tied around your torso, so it didn't bounce around, it didn't go anywhere, and it was easy to carry for climbing, for running, that kind of thing, right, for traversing long distances, for stealth, those kind of things, right, because if you have it hanging off your belt, you got a problem. But if you were in a condition where you may have to go for that sword at any time, but you also were in an environment that required that the sword was in a different place than hanging off your hip, or you were using it from a uh, kind of an invisibility posture where as you're moving, right, and somebody sees a silhouette, they don't see this weapon, right? It's, it's blended with the back, right? It's diagonally across the back and all that, right? So to accomplish this, it's not tied to the back, right? It's simply shifted in the belt, okay? And so my hand is on it on the the uh, the uh, <laughs> tuka on the handle, right? And it's also on the saya, on the scabbard. So I've got my, if I'm doing a right-hand draw, I've got my right hand on the handle of the sword, got my left hand on the scabbard, right? So one hand's high, one hand's low. Um, but it's in the belt and it's not tied to me, right? Because what I'm going to be doing to draw that sword from my back is the same thing I do to draw the sword off my hip. 
I'm going to be pulling the scabbard off the blade, not pulling the blade out of the scabbard. Okay? Anybody that pulls the blade out of the scabbard has been watching way too many pirate movies or cheap, you know, uh, martial arts movies or whatever where the people um, have – they're not they – they don't even have a base level of, um, of sword skill, right? The scabbard – I mean, you think about this. The, these skills were developed uh, – the swords – are the same size, right? So we should have an easier job with these things than ancient warriors because when this stuff was developed, the average height of a Japanese soldier was how, how tall? Four two. <laughs> okay? Four feet two, right? So we're talking about, uh, what, a large child? Not even yeah. a preteen yet? Okay? About the size of your son, yes? Crazy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take, right? Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so these are the guys that are doing the, the staff turning and the, the, the work with the spear and these, these katana and all that stuff, right? Um, I, I have guys that are your height that can't freaking do bow footy, the stick turning, without clipping the floor with mm-hmm. the six-foot staff, right? But the people that developed it were 4'2". They were what? Half to two-thirds of your height, maybe? Maybe, mm-hmm. right? But same length of weapon. Right. So, uh, yeah, no. So they, yes, they did it for these reasons. No, they didn't strap it, but they still had it across their back. But the condition was different. Just like the sword is pulled through the, not, not pulled, but slid through the belt around to the front and held, uh, horizontally or diagonally across the body so we can do rolls while wearing the sword. Right. Can you imagine strapping a sword to your back and then having to do a roll? Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which is why the Shinden Fudo you when they do uh, throw uh, counters, they don't roll out of a throw. They vault themselves over and land in a bridge position on their shoulders and their feet with their back arched so they don't land on their sword, which is why you would execute a shoulder throw on somebody who was wearing a sword in the first place. The reason for the throw is to get this guy to drop onto his weapon and crack his hip assembly, hmm. right? Or his lumbar or something like that, right? So, and, or to have that wooden scabbard split apart and have this guy land on his blade, right? Um, so, again, there's another why we do these things, right? So, um, much more often... Uh, and when I say that somebody was, tra- you know, strapping the sword to themselves to travel distances, I mean long distances, okay? Short distances, you just slide it around your belt, put it across your, your back, and run, right? Otherwise, you've got this thing out there, and it can bump into things, uh, whatever. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, everything's conditional, right? So, yes, there is a behind-the-back draw, but it's not the way people see it done in the movies, the, the hand on the handle of the sword does not draw the weapon any more than the hand on the blade draws the weapon when it's on your hip, right? The body profiles, the scabbard is pulled off the blade, and that way the arm is completely bent, and now the movement of the arm can generate that power to cut, right? So, um, again, see, there's, a, again, those invisible things that if we don't know they're going on, we can't use them, and we can't combat the kind of BS that people try to throw at us as proper training. Right? So, anyway, how about that? Cool. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, three topics today. We've got three topics in today. we got that yeah. all in there. Well, that's yeah. good because so, we're just right at about out of time, but uh don't see any questions on the webcast side. I don't, but if anybody has any or, you know, uh, you have any questions or comments about anything that I covered or that Eric covered, right? Uh, now be the time to speak up. Uh, we should probably put things into uh, interactive mode because somebody just came in. From, well, somebody came in a while ago from Cambridge. Um, if they're Cambridge, like is in the whole college thing, they can bring some extra like intellect and you know, <laughs> it's Cambridge, you know, right off the. Anyway, um, I don't, I, there's no name that showed up. It just says cell phone from Massachusetts. So. Uh, Anyway, anybody have any questions or comments? I don't Stunned even hear into utter silence. 
<laughs> don't even hear crickets. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. The fun we have. Anyway, I'm assuming you're not making it in for camp either, are you, you Like, Nope. I will be nope. there in spirit. <laughs> of course you will. Of course you will. Yeah, so that starts next Friday for people that can make it in early. Otherwise, training is Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and 20th. Um, and like I said, I'll get the information up and out for those who uh, might want to get the videos because uh, we always record. Like I said, we try to record all of it, but usually what ends up happening is we get 70 to 90 percent of it uh, on video, and then uh, that way, even if the folks can't be here in person, they can still get the lessons. So. If you want to do that, fantastic, right? If you are in my inner circle uh, program uh, at either level, right, um, well, the one level gets a discount on things, uh, but if you were in the top level, top tier level of my inner circle group, uh, you would get this stuff for free because they get uh, access to all of the digital programs available on the website that I have ever made and that actually get produced uh, and come around uh, as long as they're a member, okay? So we're looking at, I think, the last total we came up with, uh, there's over $20,000 worth of uh, uh, programs uh, available now between the, the different 10-week programs, 15-week programs, instructor training stuff, weapons, uh, the, the, the mind training, the, the Mikio stuff, all that. There's there's a bunch. So cool. anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and if not, you know, I, I think I think what we charge for the for the videos, because we have to, and we don't trim it down a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of footage of people trying to do the techniques, so you get positive examples, you get negative examples, uh, but we we leave that on there so that the guys who come to camp they get the they get the videos for free for for coming to camp. It's part of their part of the camp fee. Um, <clears throat> then they can see what they're doing as well, but. Uh, there's like what 12 to 18 hours of video um, because we try to, like I said, we try to get as much on there as possible. And um, uh, yeah, I think I think what we charge is like I don't know, 69 bucks or something like that. And there's, there's even a multiple like split it down and pay in installments kind of option as well. As well. So anyway, uh, any, I don't hear anything. I, I think I nope. heard a bird in the background, but that's not a cricket. So who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, somehow it shifted back into lecture mode. Did you do that? I did that. Oh, you did that. All right. Well, I guess we didn't need to hear from anybody anyway. So, all right. I don't see any. Do you see any questions? No, did I don't. Uh, not on the uh, Q&A side. Yep. Uh, all right. Fair no enough. Well, there. if you are following us on iTunes and uh, Google Play or any of those, uh, tune to, what is it, tune in and what was the other one? Mm -hmm. Stitcher Radio, any of those yep. places, right? Um, share this with your friends. Let them know about it and everything. Um, you know, hopefully you get in on things. Uh, you can also go over onto the website at uh, moderninjawarrior.com forward slash Kuden Podcast Episodes. There's a dash in between each of those words, Kuden Podcast Episodes. And uh, you can sign up for the newsletter uh, and get on the, uh, the we call it the elite member list. Uh, yeah. So you get to know when these things are coming out uh, Early, like first thing in the morning, we give you that reminder. Hey, don't forget, got, you know, got the thing going on today. Uh, that way you get the opportunity to be on here. Uh, like us on the Facebook page. That way you can post questions. Uh, you, you know, you can kind of tailor this experience. I mean, we're, we're doing this out of, doing this out of love. But, you know, <laughs> um, we were talking about selfishness today. Be yeah. selfish. Ask questions. Hell, ask questions that you even think you know the answer to. Um, because, you you know, this is from my police background as well, and uh, this is part of ninja information gathering. You always verify all information with, um, what is it, three or more um, sources, okay? They all need to be saying the same thing, or that piece of evidence is in question, or piece of knowledge, or anything, right? So, uh, and in this art, you need multiple perspectives on things. Okay? You yeah. need to you need to know it from more than just one direction, because okay? any monkey can learn a skill or any monkey can memorize something and, and regurgitate it back um, on trained command. Right? Here's a banana. Do this thing. Do this trick. Right? Um, but we're we're looking at being free thinkers, free people, 
free to move, act, and be as we need to be and do in any given moment. Okay, that's what I call this re- attaining the state of zero. Hmm. Right, so, um, yeah, be careful. Right. So, even ask questions that you think you already know the answer to. Okay. We'll see where that goes. I'm, I'm not here to just prove anybody or whatever. If nothing else, you're going to get a different perspective. Right. Um, at best, you know, you'll you'll feel good. Ego will feel all warm and fuzzy because uh, you know you, you already knew that. Right. See. So, you'll know that you truly are the prodigal child. And this program, this program grew out of selfishness because I, uh, I figured initially it'd be a great way to just, uh, you know, continue on my training. And Take my brain <laughs> connection, uh, connection, uh, constant discussion with my teachers. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is hopefully benefiting other people, but if it doesn't, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> and there, I'm here. That's what matters. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so, uh, and this is very, very helpful because uh, one of the best ways to to learn something to a greater degree, stay on top of things, and uh, double-check yourself mm. is to put yourself in the hot seat as the teacher, you know, and expose yourself as I have and as every, every teacher and expert has, right? You expose yourself um, and lay yourself naked to the naysayers, to the people who want to knock you off that pedestal because they want to be on the pedestal um, just because that's where they want to be, not because they deserve to be there or anything like that, right? But people will attack you. The more, uh, the more you know, the more you put yourself out there, right? So in, the, in this context, with, with the Kuden things and the articles I write and, and all that kind of stuff, right, um, I'm not living to the epitome of the ninja's invisibility uh, principles, right, where, hmm. like Takamatsu would say, nobody knew he was a friggin' ninja until he read his obituary, right? That's, that's hmm. the epitome of ninjutsu, right? When they trained, they trained outside in judo outfits. Everybody thought they were doing judo, right? So, hmm. mm-hmm. uh, but, so I'm, not, I'm not living to that, but at the same time, somebody has to guard the gate, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, but you do expose right. yourself to lots of ridicule and all. So yeah, why not, yeah, right? Certainly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I'm if you wrap well, this up, and, we can until get back next to our week. Lives. Yeah, until next week, uh, everybody, you know, keep submitting those questions through the Facebook page. And uh, as Mr. Miller pointed out, you know, become uh, on that Kuden elite list. Get those early notifications of, about upcoming shows and programs. And uh, if you can make it into camp there next week, certainly jump on that as well. And uh, we'll look to talk to you next time here on Kuden. Thank you for listening to KUDEN, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.